This week's show is sponsored by ManCrates.com. Very simple sell for you. You're having a hard time coming up with a Father's Day gift for a significant other, for your dad, for your husband, for yourself that you got to put on a list. Go to ManCrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, ManCrates.com slash Eric. You will find something for everyone there who's a guy. And they come in these big wooden crates with a crowbar that you got to open. They're awesome. From bar sets to knife sets to beer brewing sets to whiskey appreciation sets to hunting gifts to sports. Go to mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It is nine after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Oh, we have to play the audio of Ben Rhodes. Y'all know Ben. Ben is the Obama national security guy who went on record willing to admit he lied to the media lied to the American public to sell the nation on the Iran deal, or at least to sell members of the media on the Iran deal, hoping to get them to sell it to the American people. Ben Rhodes, this is from an HBO documentary. This clip has been released of Ben Rhodes, that Ben Rhodes, uh, on finding out the news that Hillary Clinton has lost the election. I just came outside to try to process all this. Um, it's a lot to, a lot to process. I mean, uh, I, I can't even, uh, I, I can't, I, I mean, I, 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 I can't, I, I can't, I can't put it into words. I, I don't know what the words are. I mean, Help out. We suck. <laughs> or, or we lost. Or, oh my God, President Trump. Um, <laughs> let's listen to this one more time, shall we? I just came outside to try to process all this. Um... It's a lot to, a lot to process. For a man with a major mean, creative uh, writing, he's at a loss for words. I, I can't even... I can't even. I just can't. I, just I can't. can't. I, You know, I'm going to stop it there. It goes on for another 15 seconds of this. I mean, my staff here thinks I leave too many pauses in between my sentences sometimes on this program. Nothing near what Ben Rhodes was doing that night at a complete loss for words. Is it any wonder there's a reason to play this, not to laugh at them, although it certainly is funny. Uh, and, and as a side point, if you take it that hard, maybe politics isn't the thing for you. Is it any wonder, given given that reaction, that's that's 
the president's national security, one of his national security aides, I don't think he was specifically the advisor, he was one of the aides. Is it any wonder these people concocted a theory that the Russians stole the election? Because, I mean, just you can listen to it in his voice. He cannot believe that Hillary Clinton lost to that guy. Is it any wonder they came up with this idea that the Russians had to have stolen the election? First, it was blame Mueller or blame Comey, and then it was the Russians. It was never that Donald Trump beat them. They've never been willing to concede that Donald Trump beat them. It was always an external force other than Donald Trump. And when you see that, when you hear that now, you get, you can kind of grasp the palpable anger that these guys still have. This is someone reacting not to the loss of a political candidate, but to the loss of power itself. And that's an important distinction to dwell on. Y'all, what we're seeing from Democrats right now is this longing for power. Uh, Noah Rothman at, at Commentary, this is an idea, I want to say it's, it's not really original to him, but he articulated it better than anybody. It's something I've dwelled on. Noah did a better job of explaining it. But let, let me break this down for you um, in what's going on here. And again, I, I, I'm i not playing it now for the, the schadenfreude of it or, or just the, the hilariousness of it. But just listen again. Just listen to the silence, if you will, of Ben Rhodes a senior advisor for Barack Obama, the guy who sold the media by lying to them, he admitted to lying to them, sold them the Iran deal. Listen to this mental, essential real-time mental breakdown in front of HBO's cameras for just a second. I just came outside to try to process all this. Um, it's a lot to, lot to process. I mean... Uh, I, I can't even. I, I can't. I... Dude is crying. He, he's he's that upset about it. You see, it, it, this gets to the the point Noah and, and I and others have have made. Democrats believe they can change the culture through politics. They need the power to change culture. They need the political power to change the culture because they view people. It used to be that liberalism believed in the inherent goodness of man. But what progress, modern progressives believe is that, uh, by and large, there are a bunch of bigots keeping other people from power. And the way that you silence the bigots and allow the oppressed to power is that you take power. You find the good and the noble who are on the right side of the history you want to, to paint and you put them in power and then they can go after the bigots. They can go after those little sisters of the poor nuns. They can go after the Hobby Lobbies. They can go after the Chick-fil-A's. They can go after the white men of the South. They can go after the gun owners. And they can put them in their place finally and allow an ascendant culture that has been oppressed for too long. 
taking political power has always been about forcing their will and culture. You know, contrast that actually to Trump voters, most of whom voted for the president to protect them from that, not to assert power for power's sake to change culture, but to assert power to protect them from these people who want the power, political power to change culture. Because conservatives fundamentally understand that culture changes politics. It's not politics that changes culture. And the left thought they had changed culture enough, and now they needed the political power to go beat down and and oppress the the bigots, the homophobes, the Chick-fil-A eaters, and the like. That's why they're so angry today, is because they had power for eight years. They did a lot of stuff by executive order. It could be rolled back. They could not make their gains permanent. And for two years, they controlled everything, and the best they could do is Obamacare, which they know deep down actually is collapsing and needs to be fixed, and the Republicans have no desire to fix it. And they punted on everything else, including gun control. How many kids might have lived? If during those two years they had passed gun control, (gasps) can we even say that? I mean, that's what they're thinking. That's what they've got to be thinking. They thought they had it forever. They thought they had a permanent political majority that could bend culture to its will. And they lost it all and they can't accept it. They can't accept that Donald Trump won. Someone had to steal the election for him. He couldn't have done it. They can't accept that Donald Trump is able to roll back their precious Barack Obama's agenda. They can't accept any of it. And so they're livid. They're angry. They're having a march in the streets. They're throwing people out of their bars and restaurants who wear Make America Great Again hats. You got to go bake the cake, bigot. But don't you come into our restaurant. We don't want to have to serve you because you're an intolerant bigot. And we're tolerant, except of you. That's what this meltdown by Ben Rhodes is. It is the realization that their permanent political majority not only wasn't permanent, but came to an end that night and could be so easily rolled back most all of their gains. And he was deeply, deeply overwhelmed by that fact. This is what happens when you make politics your God. When it's not the real God, it eventually will disappoint you. Let me take a quick time out for a word for a very awesome sponsor whose glass I might have sitting next to me as I record this, Uh, and that would be Man Crates. Y'all listen, whether you're getting gifts for yourself, you got to like do a list for your family to give you something or you're buying for your dad or someone else. Uh, The fact is that gift giving for guys, particularly guys who can buy stuff for themselves, is difficult, uh, which is why I really like man crates. And this Father's Day, you can get your dad or put it on the list for yourself, something for your dad. There is like a whiskey appreciation crate or a knife making crate. They actually come in wooden crates with a crowbar for you to open. I got one from Man Crates a while back, and it was a personalized bar set. Uh, it had pint glasses for beer with my name on them. It had uh, coasters with my name on it. It was really cool. Really like Man Crates. Uh, have for a while. It is a great way to get a good gift for a guy. You can get special Father's Day discounts today at mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It's a limited time offer. It's only for Father's Day. So go today. That's mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It's a good gift. You'll enjoy it for yourself and whoever you get it for, they're going to enjoy it too.
It is 26 after the hour. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Sandra Bullock isn't going to run for the Georgia legislature after all. She's out. Um, going to concentrate on her acting career. Sandra Bullock won the uh, Democratic nomination in Cobb County for one of the state legislative seats, their state house seat. Um, she beat a guy named Eric Allen, who spells his name the right way, E-R-I-C-K. And uh, having having won, I, I guess she's got the Oceans 8 or Oceans whatever, the, the reboot um, is up. And so she's got to go on a media tour and didn't think about that stuff when she put her name. Actually, it wasn't that Sandra Bullock at all. It was a different Sandra Bullock who only won because people thought they were voting for the actress. Yet, listen, we can say that definitively because Sandra Bullock um, raised and spent virtually no money. She says she was inspired by La Resistance, the Women's March. And so she put her name down. She qualified and put her name on the ballot. And then she won. Unexpectedly, indubitably, she won. And so now she's withdrawn. Uh, you can withdraw, and under Georgia law, if you withdraw more than 60 days from a general election, then whoever came in second becomes the party nominee. So it was her versus Eric Allen. She withdrew more than 60 days from the election, so now he becomes the nominee. He's the guy that the party wanted. They didn't want Sandra Bullock. They had never heard of her. They heard of the actress, not this lady. Um, so she's doing the party a big favor by getting out of the way, citing help health concerns, which apparently several people who have been in touch with her have said she does have some health concerns. So, and they were more than just the Democratic Party was mad at her. So those were her health concerns. Nope, there's something else there. So she will not be on the ballot in Cobb County. Uh, it's a Republican um, uh, who holds the seat right now, Rich, I can't remember his last name. He's the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. He is retiring after 20 years. And it is a seat the Democrats are targeting here in Georgia. Um, they might should have left Sandra Bullock on the ballot, given her name ID. She might have actually won the general, and now it'll be a tougher up for grabs. When we come back, did you hear what Trey Gowdy said? It's got people really upset. It is 40 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Uh, if you text the word show to 444-999, you can get the podcast and the daily email that we send out. Show to 444-999. Um, Trey Gowdy, uh, he and Judge Napolitano and, and a number of others have gone on Fox now drawing fire from some Trump supporters. I, I got to tell you guys. I can remember on this program telling y'all repeatedly in the past that I wasn't an overwhelming fan of Trey Gowdy. I, I thought that he was not as conservative as he appeared. Um, he was very good at managing the media. Um, I didn't think he was the conservative fighter people wanted. And I got blown up repeatedly uh, for saying that during the Benghazi investigation and whatnot. Uh, that being said, I also said he prosecuted the Benghazi matter as, as well as he could. Uh, and many of you loved Trey Gowdy. 
Many of you were mad at me if I criticized Trey Gowdy, and here we are on again. So Trey Gowdy has come out and said that this was not a spy uh, for the government uh, on the Trump campaign. This was an informant who was investigating individuals who were connected to the Trump campaign and not the Trump campaign. And now Trump supporters are blowing Gowdy up that he's some sort of traitor. Um, you know, Gowdy has been very consistent through the years. And if you've gone from being a, a fanboy of Trey Gowdy to hating him, uh, it's you. It's not him. That's the problem. If you don't like what he's telling you now after years of, of champion, I got an email from a, a, a listener who claims to not listen anymore and yet uh, miraculously knows everything I talk about every night, uh, who just is beside himself over Gowdy. And uh, just livid that, that Gowdy, I have corrupted Gowdy. Gowdy and I were on the same team now, and, and we're all traitors. And da 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 da. Um, this is a listener who used to email me angrily when I criticized Gowdy. The fact of the matter is, I'm right. And. I try never to have to say that because it should always be implied in everything I say, but I, I want to make it crystal clear to you people uh, that I'm right on this. And I don't mean it arrogantly, and I realize it comes off that way, but I have been telling y'all since 2017 that what the FBI was looking at is not the president colluding with the Russians. And that is the point about Trey Gowdy that the media is obfuscating from what he said. Trey Gowdy making it very clear this is not about the president collaborating with the Russians. This is about a couple of people who joined onto the president's campaign who had ties to the Russians that were disturbing to the intelligence community based on what those ties were. There was no one looking at whether the president was collaborating to steal the election with the Russians. They were looking at other people trying to see if they were steering the Trump campaign on Russia's behalf. This was an investigation the president said he wanted, that if anyone on his campaign was working with the Russians, it needed to be investigated. That's what the president said. And that was Gowdy's point today. That's what they're looking at. And he said he thinks the president is going to be very happy with what the results of the Mueller investigation are. And I tend to think so as well. Um, what I think they're going to come up with. So what all of this is, here's my belief. And thus far, it lines up with everything we know. The Russians, it is indisputable. Nobody disputes it. The Republicans agree. The Democrats agree. Everyone agrees. The Russians wanted to sow discord into the democratic processes of the American Republic. And they did that on both sides of the aisle. Nobody wants to talk about John Podesta's brother, Tony, but Tony Podesta, he, he had some issues there as well that I think should be investigated. Uh, and had Hillary Clinton won, the Democrats would have tried to obfuscate it. But uh, Podesta had questionable ties, too. But we're all focusing on Donald Trump because Donald Trump won and no one thought he would win, including Donald Trump. The intelligence community had information that the Russians were trying to disrupt uh, the American political processes. They looked around and who did they see? Uh, they saw Carter Page and Paul Manafort on the Trump campaign. That raised suspicions. Paul Manafort in particular has had a, a history of aligning himself with Vladimir Putin's regime in Russia to try to subvert democratic processes in Eastern Europe. So here he is working for Trump. Hmm. Let's look at that and see what happens. Let's see where it goes. 
So they started investigating him. They started investigating Carter Page. Uh, that informant uh, happened to come on to the Trump campaign, invited there by Trump staffers, by the way. And he was able to get close to some of them. And I still suspect that he and Carter Page were, were spilling the beans to the FBI on each other because part of me is deeply suspicious that Carter Page had to be an informant of some kind, uh, given how often he's uh, been investigated by Mueller and never been indicted. He's like the only guy not to be indicted. And I think what the Mueller investigation is going to show is that there were these people. They were trying to do the bidding of the Russians. Uh, they were not successful in doing the bidding of the Russians, but they tried. And so they're being rounded up, uh, many of them charged. Uh, but there was no spy per se. When you think of a spy, some clandestine operation. Uh, and, and as Trey Gowdy said, as others have said, those who have actually seen the documentation realize uh, this was a government informant. Now, do government informants spy? Yes. Um, but when you think of a spy, you, you think of, of well, a, a James Bond or some such or, or an intelligence gathering operation. Uh, that's not really what this is, That what this guy did. He certainly gave information to the FBI. If you want to call him a spy, that's that's fine. Um, in the vernacular, I get it. Uh, but spy has a connotation that this guy is more of an informant. When you are investigating criminals, you tend to have informants who inform on the criminals in exchange for leniency or they're, they're doing the government's bidding to begin with. And that's Gowdy's point is that this guy was a government informant and he was not looking at what Donald Trump was doing. He was not even looking at this point at what the Trump campaign was doing. He was looking at these guys who were close to Russia were doing and everybody on both sides seems to ignore that fact. I mean, James Comey, for God's sakes, has already gone on the record saying there is nothing the president has done worthy of impeachment. You would think that that guy with his hatred for the president would be calling for impeachment. And when James Comey is coming out saying the president has done nothing worthy of impeachment, that tells me right there there is no evidence of any sort of collusion with the Russians. And what Mueller's looking at now is whether or not Paul Manafort, Carter Page, and some of these other guys were trying to steer the campaign unsuccessfully for the foreign elements. It is 56 after the hour. Ambien has many side effects, including, I guess, making you a racist. At least uh, that's Roseanne's excuse for her tweeting about Valerie Jarrett. So a, a member of Congress who will go nameless texted me very early this morning uh, to say, you know, Valerie Jarrett was born in Iran. Uh, she's not black. And I'm amazed by the number of people who believe that. And uh, I politely corrected the congressman that uh, Valerie Jarrett's parents are, are black. Uh, her mother from Chicago, her dad from Washington, D.C. She was born in Iran uh, because her dad headed up a children's hospital at the request of the Shah of Iran in the 1950s. Uh, her great-grandfather was the first uh, accredited architect in the United States of America who, who is black and also an MIT grad. This isn't hard, Roseanne. Running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. It 
is nine after the hour. I am Eric Erickson here on WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You know, in anticipation for my future cooking show that no one has yet decided to take me up on, I, I read cookbooks like some of you read novels. Here's something I learned during the break reading through a cookbook. R.C. Sproul would laugh at this. Did you know that Devil's Food Cake first appeared in a magazine called Table Talk? Um, now, the, what's so funny about that is R.C. Sproul, the theologian who passed away last year or earlier this year, uh, his devotional magazine is called Table Talk. I'm sure he would get a laugh at the fact that Devil's Food Cake uh, first appeared in 1893 in an issue of Table Talk. Now, I'm sure you wanted to know that. Let's get into the news. The President of the United States has signed a new law today, a law Barack Obama said he wanted to pass and never actually pushed. Uh, the Trump administration pushed for this law. It is a right-to-try law, not right-to-die, right-to-try. And it is for people with uh, terminal illnesses or illnesses for which there are no cure. And... It allows them to try experimental drugs. In many cases, the FDA can block people now. Uh, and this is legislation. I, I think, it's, as many of you know, my wife has a form of uh, lung cancer. It is genetic. Uh, you don't need to email me about radon. Um, it, it is genetic. Uh, there is no cure for it. And she takes a small pill every day. It's a type of oral chemotherapy. And it keeps it in remission for now. The cancer will eventually mutate around it. And thankfully, there's another drug. But um, potentially, this law, as more and more of these ex treatments become experimental and the cancer mutates beyond the existing drugs, this could potentially help uh, in hopefully the far distant future. It is a good law. And it is one that many people praised and many people wanted until Donald Trump supported it. This is the level of tribalism that we now have in this country where many, many people wanted this law passed, Democrats and Republicans alike. Uh, Barack Obama said he was going to do it. Uh, he never did. And now Trump has done it. And suddenly these people are like, oh, this is a terrible law. Uh, drug makers upset about it. And, and they've got Democrats, some Democrats complaining, thankfully not the majority of them. Um, it's a good law. Here's the president signing this law today. With the right to try law I'm signing today, patients with life threatening illnesses will finally have access to experimental treatments that could improve or even cure their conditions. These are experimental treatments and products that have shown great promise. And we weren't able to use them before. Now we can use them. And oftentimes, they're going to be very successful. It's an incredible thing. The right to try also offers new hope for those who either don't qualify for clinical trials or who have exhausted all available treatment options. There were no options, but now you have hope. Now you have hope. It was a good statement, a good law signed. Uh, and there was a bipartisan coalition for this law. It's just, it's amazing to see the Democrats suddenly outraged uh, by it. And, and I, I want to be careful here because people say, oh, you're painting everybody. There's a large vocal segment of people who wanted this law passed when Barack Obama was president who are now upset that Donald Trump has signed it into law. And I think that has more to do with legacy 
than it does with their actual objections to the law. So the objections to this law are that it will, it could potentially put insurance companies and doctors in liability situations if the drugs cause more harm than expected. Uh, there's also the insurance costs. Insurance companies don't want to um, they don't want to cover the costs in some cases. Uh, they don't want to pay for it. And uh, I just I look I, I get the concerns, but for years people have wanted uh, access to treatments uh, that they otherwise couldn't have. And I think overwhelmingly this is a good law. Uh, and good for a bipartisan coalition sign of this. You, you know, it's actually gone unstated how many laws of late have been passing on a bipartisan basis. The right to try law is one that passed on a bipartisan basis. Uh, criminal justice reform is headed towards passing the Senate now. David Perdue from Georgia has come on board. It's going to pass on a bipartisan basis. The repeal of portions of Dodd-Frank has passed on a bipartisan basis. And the media is not covering these. The media wants to cover all the antagonism. And, oh, Washington doesn't work. Folks, I sound like a broken record when I say it. I said it on CNN yesterday. Um, gridlock in Washington is a feature, not a bug. Gridlock in Washington is a good thing because it preserves our rights. I, I was on CNN yesterday on, on Headline News, HLN, uh, with Carol Costello on a panel discussion. We, we were on talking about news headlines, Carol and I were, and then she brought me back for this panel discussion. There's a Pew study that shows that a majority of Americans uh, favor a more authoritarian government. They do not believe our democracy works. And, of course, you had the, the wackadoo liberal on there um, saying that, oh, it's all money and politics. Corporations are the only ones who get what they want in this country, which isn't true just based on the data, by the way. Um, although a lot of people on the left blame corporations for everything. Uh, then you had Andre Bauer, the former lieutenant governor of, of South Carolina on there and in He's, he's just, I mean, he's after corporations too, and, and he's gone full populist. And, you know, my, my point was the, when you delve into the data and you do it on an international basis, by the way, because this data is the same around the world, uh, data around the world, polling around the world. It's not just Pew in the United States, um, the, the, um, YouGov polling and whatnot in Europe all show similarly that people want more authoritarian governments. Do you know the common denominator of people who don't, of people who think the democratic systems work? Do you know what they have in common? It's, it's not religion. It's not race. It is not gender. It's not income. It's not education level. None of those things. Do you know what people who believe that democracy works and is the best form of government, do you know what they have in common? They are involved in local politics. They are involved in their communities at a local level politically. Because you see, believe it or not, and I know there are a lot of liberals who are listening right now, even though you don't want to admit it. The reality is that your life has not changed with Donald Trump's election. It hasn't. You may be angry. You may think you've lost power. You may be like Ben Rhodes in a, in a cataclysmic apocalyptic meltdown, but your life hasn't fundamentally changed. You know where your life changes? Your, your life changes at the county commission level when your property taxes go up. Your life changes at the school board level when your kids are redistricted into a new school zone. 
your life changes at the city council level when uh, trash collection changes. Your life changes at the local charitable level when you're feeding homeless people and working with local governments to secure funding for your homeless shelter and working with local churches. Uh, The people who are involved in their local community at the nonprofit and the political level tend to believe that democracy works. It is the people who have withdrawn from their communities, who live behind closed doors, who never get off the internet and don't know their next door neighbors. Uh, they're the ones who want a more authoritarian government. They want it to be their high, their way or the highway. The more people engage locally in their community, the happier they are, the better their community is, and the more likely they are to support democracy. That is very telling. It is the rise of the people want to blame the rise of the Internet uh, for for the authoritarian bin in this country. It's not the rise of the Internet per se. It is people's turning inwardly indoors and building online communities of people who think exactly like them, who have exactly the same interest, exactly the same views, and they don't relate to people who are different anymore. They don't go out and help their local community. That's not helpful or healthy for society, and it's showing in the polls as people, regardless of political ideology, want a more authoritarian government because it's now their way or the highway. They can't understand why there's any any obstacle or opposition because they don't know anyone who's opposed to what they want anymore because they're online with their friends who think and act exactly the same way all the time. Let me take a quick time out for a word for a very awesome sponsor whose glass I might have sitting next to me as I record this, uh, and that would be Man Crate. So y'all listen, whether you're getting gifts for yourself, you got to like do a list for your family to give you something or you're buying for your dad or someone else. Uh, the fact is that gift giving for guys, particularly guys who can buy stuff for themselves, is difficult, uh, which is why I really like man crates. And f- this Father's Day, you can get your dad or put it on the list for yourself, something for your dad. There is like a whiskey appreciation crate or a knife making crate. They actually come in wooden crates with a crowbar for you to open. I got one from Man Crates a while back, and it was a personalized bar set. Uh, it had pint glasses for beer with my name on them. It had uh, coasters with my name on it. It was really cool. Really like Man Crates. Uh, have for a while. It is a great way to get a good gift for a guy. You can get special Father's Day discounts today at mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It's a limited time offer. It's only for Father's Day. So go today. That's mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, mancrates.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. It's a good gift. You'll enjoy it for yourself and whoever you get it for, they're going to enjoy it too. It is 26 after the hour. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. To the phones we go, Jim in Atlanta, welcome. Hello, Eric. How are you? Good, thank you. I wanted to get your thoughts on about Papadopoulos being used by those three people to plant pretext in order to get the FBI to investigate. Uh, I, I don't know that we have any evidence in the record of that. I, I think what we have in the record is we had a, a tw- immature 20 something, 
who got drunk at a bar bragging to the Australian ambassador who happened to be pro-Clinton. Uh, I, I I think that is probably much more likely than the FBI finding this guy in London because uh, he was in London, let's not forget. I, I think if the FBI were trying to actually put someone in place, it would have been someone in the United States. I, I think what happened with Papadopoulos, this is one of those things where, you know, they, they say in campaigns, give someone a title and put them to work. You don't have to pay them. You give them a title. And that's what they did with Papadopoulos. Uh, he was a volunteer. He, he was not well known on the campaign. He was in London, uh, appeared to have uh, impressive ties and resume, and largely puffed up. Um, but nonetheless, uh, so they did this and, um, well, the kid got drunk at a bar and started bragging to the Australian ambassador who happened to be a Clinton supporter who called up his friends in the Obama administration and connected him to the FBI and said, there's a problem here with this kid. Uh, look into him. And, and that we know from the facts is, is what happened, which I think is far more plausible than that the FBI tried to insert the idiot into the campaign only to have him brag to the Australian ambassador. Um, eh, there's, there's trouble there for Papadopoulos for sure. Uh, and I'm, I still think uh, keep an eye on Carter page and what pans out there when we come back. Um, it's worth exploring for a few minutes in light of the Roseanne situation, all the crazy people on the left to say the crazy things Roseanne says, and everybody on the left turns a blind eye to it. It is 39 after the hour. The phone number here at WSB is 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. So Roseanne gone. This, by the way, it is worth putting this in perspective that this has never happened in the history of American television. The number one rated television program in America canceled. Uh, th that has never happened before in the history of television. The number one show canceled. Um, I'm actually stunned that it's the number one show. And that should probably tell Hollywood. So I think Hollywood is going to learn the, the wrong message from the cancellation of Roseanne. They're going to decide that, oh, well, we shouldn't cater to those bigoted, awful Trump voters. Look at Roseanne. Um, instead, what they should learn is, uh, you know, people still want to be united and come together and... Uh, have a level of distraction from the political news of the day, even though Roseanne wasn't uh, completely non-political given the topic and, and design of the show. It was something where people could find common ground. And you even had liberal commentators saying that they watched. I, I apparently one of the few people who didn't like it. I, I, I'm just I'm not a fan of Roseanne. You know, he, by the way, I'm not someone who refuses to engage with an artist because I, I hate their political views. Pearl Jam is the greatest band. Uh, and if you think otherwise, you're wrong. Uh, Pearl Jam is the greatest band. And its lead, lead is Eddie Vedder, who is a, a pro-abortion leftist. It's still the greatest band. Uh, the music is phenomenal. Um, and I would be, I mean, there's just no way I would stop listening to Pearl Jam, even though I disagree with the political views of the members of the band. 
Uh, same with with Hollywood. I mean, my goodness, the the number of movies I would not see if I refused to go. I intend to go see Deadpool tonight, as a matter of fact, uh, filled with a bunch of Hollywood liberals. Um, but I expect a, a very funny movie. And it just Hollywood's going to take the wrong lesson from this on how to engage with Trump voters. And they're going to go more to the left, I'm afraid. It's going to impact people like Tim Allen, whose show was on the verge of or possibly is being resurrected as another way to connect with Trump voters. Uh, Hollywood shouldn't feel the need to connect with Trump voters. They should feel the need to connect with America. And what Hollywood is doing is is they're segmenting themselves. Uh, and then look at all the other people out there. You've got Alec Baldwin and all the, the, the bat poop crazy things he has said over the years. Or Keith Olbermann, who is getting a job on ESPN, despite all the crazy things he said. The left, again and again and again, is far more tolerant of people on their side saying obnoxious, terrible things than of anyone who's connected to anyone on the right or or to, to Donald Trump. I mean, they were fine with Donald Trump. I mean, the Access Hollywood stuff, that happened years ago, the Access Hollywood stuff, and, and they were perfectly happy to keep it under wraps and protect Donald Trump until he ran for president. And then they tried to use it against him, and it didn't work, and that just made him even more mad. There is a double standard. There are numerous people on the left who have said terrible things. Wanda Sykes, for Pete's sakes, one of the writers on the um, Roseanne Barr show, has wanted uh, Rush Limbaugh to to die, uh, said terrible things about him and about conservatives. I mean, you've got Joy Reid on MSNBC who, who wrote a bunch of things that I, I think are perfectly fine. But um, gay rights activists are deeply opposed to it. She's claiming that there was a hacker who hacked her. They can't find the hacker, but they're claiming it, which is nonsensical. You've got people um, like the, the, the root.com. Uh, and, and who is this person? Um, Monique. Ju- I don't know who Monique Judge is. Uh, a friend of mine said, oh, let's see. She's some sort of writer. Um, yes, in Hollywood. And she called, uh, she writes for The Root, a, a, a racial commentary site, and called quote, Ben Carson, quote, a, a monkey of the porch variety. She said that of him. And uh, the left hasn't driven her off. They're perfectly fine with her. They're perfectly fine with all of these terrible statements on the left, but you have to be of the left to be able to say them. So, yes, people on the right have a legitimate point to make. Even though you can disagree with what Roseanne said, it's a legitimate point to make that if she was on the left, uh, they wouldn't have driven her away and canceled her show so quickly, if at all, because they protect their own on the left. You know, I got to make one other point on this, and that is uh, the attacks on Bill Maher, who uh, compared Donald Trump to an orangutan. Now, I feel full disclosure here. I don't know Bill Maher well. I have been on his show twice. Uh, he's always been very cordial off air. Uh, his staff is actually very great, um, but I don't really know him well. He's not a friend. Uh, I've been on his show. Uh, he is a, a a free speech absolutist, though. And people are saying, well, he, he compared Donald Trump to an orangutan. What, what's the difference? The, the difference here is that there is no history of comparing orange or white people to orangutans as racist, and there is a very long history of comparing black people to apes uh, by racists. That is a fundamental underlying difference here. 
Um, I don't know that there's any reason to engage in the whataboutism, as people are prone to do these days. Uh, what about this? What about that? You, you know, there can be bad things, uh, and they're not relevant to the conversation right now. But what there is, and I think is a very valid point raised by people uh, on the right, is the left's willingness to stand by their side and continue to promote in Hollywood and elsewhere people who have done and said bad things, racist things, outrageous and offensive things, uh, and then so quickly and easily discard other people who do the exact same thing because of their political views. But all that being said, there's a point that I think um, needs to be made, and that is this. ABC, for better or for worse, they gave Roseanne Barr another chance, and she blew it. She's not a victim. She did this herself. She should have known better. All of us do things we regret. Many of us do things publicly. Uh, I have been on the front page of the New York Times for dumb things I've done. But Roseanne is the number one show on television. In her name, the show is called Roseanne, and she did this after being given ample opportunity for grace and mercy by ABC and another shot. We should all want another chance, and we should all be willing to forgive Roseanne. But when you're given another chance and you pour gasoline on yourself and strike a match, well, guess what's going to happen? It is 56 after the hour, and this is just about my favorite time of the year. Why? Because with Father's Day coming up, Omaha Steak sends me a big box filled with fantastic food, and we devour our way through it, and then we have to order one ourselves, um, which we, well, yeah, we did. We got a lot of food and had to get more. And right now, Omaha Steaks is giving a limited time offer to you guys for Father's Day. 78% off. It's a really amazing deal, and oh, it's so good. Uh, go to omahasteaks.com, and then you type my first name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, in the search bar, and you get this Omaha Steaks Father's Day package. It includes two tender filet mignons, two beefy top sirloins, four crispy chicken fried steaks, two boneless pork chops, four all-beef Omaha Steak burgers, four gourmet jumbo franks, 12 ounces of all-beef meatballs, a pound of steakhouse fries, four caramel apple tartlets, an Omaha Steak seasoning package, and get this, you're going to get four more grill-ready Omaha Steaks burgers free with purchase. And while Christy and the kids are out of town, I'm having one of these burgers tonight. Now, you get the limited time package. It's only $49.99 when you go to omahasteaks.com. You type my first name, Eric, in the search bar. And remember, it's E-R-I-C-K. And you add the Father's Day package to your carts. So you got to do this quick because the offer in soon. Go to omahasteaks.com, type Eric in the search bar, grab your dad, and fire up the grill for Father's Day. It will be good eats, folks. It will. Now, tomorrow, we're going to learn a new word, a criminalite. A criminalite. What is that? Well, it's in coffee. I'll explain tomorrow. Come back for more.